Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Barbados Parliament gives green light to Republic status. Digicel issues region-wide COVID vaccine mandate for its employees. Digicel also announces Caribbean Deep Blue One Cable. And November reopening of Cayman Islands remain a possibility. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 1st. We start our report today in Barbados. Barbados Prime Minister Mia Motley says much thought has gone into the decision to transition Barbados to a parliamentary republic, even as opposition leader Bishop Joseph Adderley raised concerns over the legality of the government's intended move despite declaring full support for the impending status. Parliament voted on a 25-0 margin to amend a constitution bill to bring the republic into force by November 30th. Prime Minister Motley told legislators that her administration was not rushing into republicanism and that talks regarding the transition began more than two decades ago. She described it as a simple but functional bill. The constitutional amendment would revoke the Barbados Order of 1966 as an order in council of Her Majesty while keeping complete the Barbados Constitution. The amendment makes provisions for a Barbadian to be a head of state, change the oath of allegiance from Her Majesty to now the state of Barbados, and to ensure continuity in all of the other aspects of the functioning of the state of Barbados through offices, appointments, and commissions. The government said that the change would bring to an end a British head of state of Barbados ever since English settlers landed here in 1625 and claimed the island for King James I. And Prime Minister Motley maintained that the time had come for the transition as Barbados needed to be in complete control of all of its affairs. The bill does nothing else but seek to make a Bayesian the head of state of Barbados and is as simple as that. She told legislators that together with Atherley, they will make a joint nomination for the election of the president of Barbados and a date will then be set for that election and that she expected the process to take place this month. Barbadians will also be notified as to when the new head of state would be sworn in. The opposition leaders citing unnamed members of the legal profession said the manner in which the government was proceeding to move Barbados from a realm to a republic with the Barbadian head of state could be unlawful. Atherley said he was not attacking the government but merely wanted the transition to Republican status to be done the right way. Atherley also opposed the timing to become a republic, describing it as the wrong movement as Barbados continued to battle the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic, questioning whether the government had an alternative agenda in ensuring the transition was done speedily. 
He also said the November 30th date for the transition was inappropriate as it could diminish the work of Errol Barrow, the father of independence. He suggested that July 26, 2022, coinciding with the Day of National Significance that memorializes the 1937 disturbances would be most appropriate. BVINews.com reports that Caribbean regional telecommunications giant Digicel will require all employees to provide proof of full or partial vaccinations or a negative PCR test every 14 days to continue working at the company. This new mandate will affect more than 4,000 Digicel employees across the Caribbean and Central American region. In a September 29th letter obtained by BVI News, the chief executive officer of Digicel Caribbean and Central American region, Oliver Coolen, said that proof of vaccination status should be provided to the company's respective human resources departments by the close of business day on October 15, 2021. According to the letter bearing the CEO's signature, if an employee is unvaccinated, they will be required to submit the negative PCR test results taken in the preceding 72 hours, two weeks to HR. The company further said that the tests will be done at the employee's expense and the antigen tests will not be accepted. The document said that employees who are unable to provide a current PCR test and is unable to attend work for this reason must take the day as unpaid leave or they can choose to use them as vacation days if available. The company made it clear that no employee will be permitted to work remotely to avoid taking the vaccination or PCR tests. Exemptions from this new policy will only be granted for medical reasons. However, the employee must present a doctor's report detailing why they are unable to take the vaccine, the company said. There are different legal positions in some countries. Digicel has expressed that it is aware of the legal positions in some markets and it will deal with the issue on a case-by-case basis. In other Digicel news, Total Telecom reports that Digicel is making a significant investment in international submarine capacity with the build of the Deep Blue One subsea cable and has signed a partnership agreement with Orange to extend the system from Trinidad to French Guiana. Deep Blue One will provide best-in-class connectivity to French Guiana, Suriname, Guyana, and Trinidad and Tobago with the opportunity to connect offshore oil and gas rigs on the back of the industry boom in the region. Commenting on Digicel's investment, Oliver Cooligan, Digicel's group CEO, said, with the subsea fiber providing the backbone of the global economy and serving as a catalyst to economic development, 
Our substantial investment in submarine capacity underpins our confidence in the development of the region. A great example of this is the connectivity options we will be able to provide both onshore and offshore to the oil and gas industries in countries like Guyana and Suriname as they capitalize on the boom in the region. This bill will complement Digicel's existing Southern Caribbean fiber network, which is approximately 3,000 kilometers of submarine cable connecting 20 islands in the the Eastern Caribbean, running from Trinidad and Tobago up to Puerto Rico, with onward connectivity to Miami and New York. The 2,000-kilometer cable installation for Deep Blue One has five branching units, plus the capability to provide connectivity for offshore rigs, installations beginning mid-2023. The project is expected to be completed in early 2024. As a major player in the submarine cable industry, with investments in over 40 cables worldwide, Orange will rely on its expertise to act as a landing party for the French Guyana branch and to operate the cable landing station on behalf of Digicel, while its subsidiary Orange Marine will be in charge of laying the cable. Peter Hobbs, Group Director International and Wholesale Business at Digicel Group added, as a digital operator serving over 13 million customers in 32 countries globally, we're focused on driving economic opportunities for our customers. This is an exciting next phase for us. It is about delivering quality, reliability, performance, and importantly, opportunity. Cayman Compass reports that Cayman Islands Deputy Premier Chris Saunders has said the reopening of the local borders could be possible from November, and he reiterated government's position is to revisit the amended end-of-year timeline as it works on containing local COVID cases. For about 18 months now, people have been in a kind of lockdown state. We've been in a bubble for a good portion of it, and it's time for Cayman to rejoin the global community, Saunders said. However, the caveat to November, he added, was government will be guided by medical experts. One area that Saunders said has given him confidence that opening before the end of the year is possible is that unlike last year, Cayman has vaccinated people. We're now in a more resilient position, and I'll be the first to say that I would very much love for us to reopen as quickly as possible. Two other areas of consideration, as pointed out by Public Health England, he said, were the local vaccination rate and the vaccination rate of Cayman source markets like the U.S. and Jamaica. He said, based on threats, he thinks Cayman should be able to hit the 80% mark by November. At least this will give us some level of comfort with regards to vaccination, he said. As of September 30th, 73% of the estimated population of 71,106 were fully vaccinated, while 55,174 people, 78%, had received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. 
The Jamaican Observer reports in an effort to keep the COVID-19 virus out of Montserrat while maintaining some tourist revenue. Montserrat opened its borders in April of this year to only the wealthiest holidaymakers who made at least $70,000 a year. But visitors also had to commit to staying for at least two months. In exchange, they get almost COVID-19 free exclusive access to beaches on the island. Soon after the British territory detected its first few COVID-19 cases in March 2020, it closed its borders to tourists. It cautiously reopened this year with the remote worker program requiring both vaccinated and unvaccinated visitors to quarantine for two weeks and then take a COVID-19 test before exploring the island. The UK government has put the island on its quarantine-free green travel list. However, it is under the warning for natural disasters as two-thirds of the island is vulnerable to volcanic activity. There has been no major volcanic activity since February 2010. Starting today, October 1st, 2021, all tourists will be welcome in Montserrat if they are vaccinated. The island also recently ended the two-month stay requirement for tourists. And finally, the Caribbean Weekly Journal reports that Jamaica and specifically Port Antonio will be showcased to the international audience as the James Bond film No Time to Die is released in major markets around the world. The 25th James Bond film, which starred British actor Daniel Craig, premiered in London on Tuesday and opened in various countries, including India, United States, Japan, Korea, Brazil, Germany, Italy, Mexico, Japan, Canada, China, Russia, France, and Spain on Thursday. The Jamaican Tourist Board also partnered with the film for its premiere on Thursday. They also released exclusive behind-the-scenes footage from the film. A large portion of the movie was shot in Port Antonio and its picturesque Portland capital. Captured are the colors and scenes of the country, including the green hills, white sand beaches, blue tranquil waters, and the beautiful people, food, and music. The owners of Gijam Resort, where members of the movie cast and crew spent six weeks of filming in April and May of 2019, have been promoting the property and the parish as a famous movie destination, telling customers, if you've never visited Port Antonio, can you truly say you've been to paradise? Hashtag no time to die coming to theaters soon. The release of No Time to Die was rescheduled three times from the original April 2020 date as theaters were forced to close their doors due to the pandemic. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 1st. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.